Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I am your host, Sean Needham, and I am streaming live from my podcast to get my house now. And I'm super excited about that. And I am super excited to have Connie Nightingale on my podcast today. She will be discussing her fitness journey, her family's actually her family's health journey and how um, it transformed her lives, their lives, and then inspired her to help others in the in the same process. So you're going to hear some great stories of how you don't need to take medicine to, to treat most diseases, um, nutrition, diet, exercise, and sleep will fix most all of our chronic problems. So you don't want to miss out on this one. I'm super excited to have her on. Um, Connie, welcome to our show. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. So Connie, tell us a little bit about your health journey, your son's health journey, your husband's health journey, and just your whole family and and how it changed your life, and now you—it's inspired you to help others. Um, yeah. So I don't know that if there's a little bit about it, right? <laughs> because there's, right. it's so in depth, and it's—it's it's been back and forth, really. Like I had this uh, pivotal health epiphany, I guess I would say, right? And then I took it a little too far, and and had a, a regression, and then had to come back from that as well. So, um, but in a nutshell, um, my child was struggling with eight. ADHD pretty badly when he was young um, and having all these problems and we didn't want to medicate. I'm from a pretty holistic family background uh, and it got to the point of where it was just so difficult that we finally decided to medicate and that was probably the worst thing that we ever did. It ended up sending him completely off the deep end. He was struggling really, really bad. Next thing you know, they want him on SSRIs. It was just a really bad story and I didn't know what to do. I got desperate and we had tried other things. We tried removing like red dyes and gluten and certain things and none of that stuff really worked. So um, we had literally gotten to our wits end with things. It was like awful. How can I get my kids some help? And we actually ended up going to this seminar um, on kids that have autism, ADHD, other Tourette's, other things on the spectrum. And it was talking about neurodeflection and how that can happen and how it can be related to digestive health and all sorts of other things that impact us. And at the end, the lady was like, I could tell you guys had a real problem because you guys totally understood everything that I was talking about. And she was like, I want to invite you to come to my practice. Uh, I have another speaker coming in to talk about digestive health and how it impacts mood and your mental health. And I think that you guys would really enjoy that. So uh, my husband was unable to attend. I went ahead and attended it. And I remember the whole time she was talking up there, I was just like, wow, I got to change my diet. And we didn't eat terribly. We did not eat fast food. I mean, every once in a while we would eat fast food, but it was quite rare. We didn't go out to restaurants. We cooked everything at home, but you know, everything at home, like spaghetti with the meat sauce and you'd cook up your hamburger and you'd eat a couple veggies, you know, like, uh, things that were, there were still came out of packages and cans and, you know, stuff like that. Um, anyhow, so this lady was speaking about how gut health affects your mood and talked about leaky gut syndrome and all the things. And I remember sitting there listening to her and I was like, I not only need to change this for my whole family, but I need to change this for myself too. <laughs> like I could just see that it would be a huge impact in my life. And I remember coming home and I told my husband, I was like, we're going to change our diet. We're going to do this gaps diet. And, 
And he was like, are you nuts? He's like, we can't afford to do that. It's all organic. It's all, you know, veggies and super clean foods. And I, and he was thinking cost. And I was like, we can't afford not to look at what we're going through. Right. And so at that moment, I literally started looking over the ingredient labels in everything in my house. And pretty much every single thing in my house was not something that should have been consumed. It was full of sugar. It was full of preservatives. I started seeing all of these things and I, and I'm super type A and when I want something, I get it. I don't mess around. And so here I emptied every single cabinet in my house. We took everything down to the homeless shelter, got rid of every bit of food in our house. And we completely started over with a fresh, clean slate of foods that had to be prepared and did not come out of a package. They were all whole foods, really, really, um, good quality things. And I remember it didn't start out great, right? Because some of these seasonings, you even look at seasonings and they're full sugar. of garbage. Yeah, sugar and sugar. garbage. <laughs> and I didn't even know how to season things. And I remember the first meal that we ate, it was like, uh, it was Gap's diet is really at first a lot of bone broths with like some meat and some really overcooked veggies and stuff. And I remember we're all sitting at the table and we're like, and, and the kids, the kids are like looking down at their toes, you know? And, and I was like, well, it's too bad. You don't like this. Cause this is going to be how it is for a while. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, everybody, they knew there wasn't an option, right? I was like, this is what we're eating. This is what you get. We're not going off of this train. And so after a while though, it was really incredible once you weren't eating all of these hyper palatable foods and these things that had all these added flavors and sugar and all the things, how much taste you got back. It was like you almost started to crave real food, real vegetables. Um, so, but the pivotal part of this is where after two weeks of eating this remarkably clean diet, guess what? My child has no issues now all of a sudden, just magically. So but wait not a he didn't need medication to treat his ADHD. No, no. Wow. Yeah. So, and then magically, guess what? My husband's like, my back doesn't hurt anymore. He's like, I don't know why my back's been hurting me forever. My back doesn't hurt. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, we didn't really put the two and two together. Right. But then I had been struggling with like major chronic joint pain and like brain fog. And I just felt awful all the time and, uh, couldn't lose weight. I mean, when I was, I was about 197 pounds and, I was like, my joints don't hurt anymore. Like I can think like all these crazy things started popping up. Right. And as the time went on, all of a sudden we all start melting too. <laughs> it's like, you know, we were not starving to death, but you know, I lost a ton of weight. I ended up in like six months losing about 50 pounds. Well, so, good for you. Yeah. And it just, it wasn't like I was trying to lose weight. We were eating tons of food. And, and let me tell you, the meals that I make are like probably a little more extravagant than most people would cook because I was trying to provide for my family and cook things that I knew that they would really love. And so that it would just be an easy thing for them. And at first it didn't start out that way, but if you put your mind to learning something, you can figure it out. And I figured it out. And I mean, I made these crazy meals. They were difficult to make. So it did take preparation because when you start cooking things from scratch, you've got to, it takes a little bit of extra time, right? So I would prep, like whenever I would cook some kind of healthy casserole of some kind, I would cook like six of them and I would freeze them. Like I I was going to have that prepackaged stuff that I made, only it was prepackaged by me and stuck in my freezer so that it was available. So I had tons of preparation involved we were eating these great meals. We all felt amazing. We have people commenting. They're like, man, Blake's been awesome lately. It's like, well, 
guess what? Uh, it basically changed our lives. We did the the protocol for 16 months solid. It's an excellent book. I recommend anybody read it. It's called Gut and Psychology Syndrome. Uh, talks about how our gut relates to our mental health. And it basically, that book sent me down this crazy nutrition rabbit hole that I never climbed out of because now that's what I do for a living. <laughs> right. Well, and I, you know, we've had a few people on our podcast before talking about how important gut health is. And I think it's um, revealing to a lot of us the first time we hear it. Cause like, what, how can, how could gut health affect your brain? Um, but if you think about it, I mean, everything that we, uh, every ingredient that we, that's meant to be absorbed in our body or almost every ingredient comes in through our gut. So how important is that? I mean, it's got to be very, very important. Absolutely. And then a lot of our chemicals that we need for our mood are also produced in our gut. So if our gut is not healthy, so dopamine, serotonin, if our gut is not healthy, we are already going to be compromised when it comes to mental health or mood, stability, all the things. Yeah, I think 70% of our neurotransmitters are produced in our gut. Neurotransmitters mm -hmm. are, you know, used in our brain to make us feel good. Um, so if you're depressed, ADHD, um, eat better. Mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. And it's kind of funny because you and I were talking off camera and I was like, yeah, it's horrible because like now I obviously adhere to a little bit of a different diet. I mean, I eat extremely clean, but if we go somewhere, I'll go eat at a restaurant. I just try to make good choices as far as what I eat goes. I never, ever touch gluten ever. Um, that's like, an, I have these things that I don't bridge out of and I don't compromise from because I find that when you start compromising you compromise your way right out of getting where you want to be. So uh, I have some things that are, are non-negotiables, but you'll go eat at a restaurant and you'll try to pick the healthiest thing you possibly can. But then, you know, you still end up with something, I'm sure. Right. But you'll get your like, I can't think straight. I'll be talking to my husband. I'll be like, what was I saying? I forgot. <laughs> you know, like, right. It's crazy how much it impacts you to the point of where it used to be fun to be like, yeah, I'm just going to eat what I want this weekend or something. And now it's like, no, if we go on a trip, I can't wait to come home because I'm like, oh, I can't eat this way. Yeah. Um, so tell us, did you ever struggle? Did you, you struggle with your weight? Have your, did your whole family struggle with your weight or with their weight or was it just you? Um, it was mostly me. I mean, my kids have always been pretty fit. We're super active. I've always been a really, really super active person as well, like into all sorts of things. Um never even since high school ever able to lose weight always on the the larger side of things uh, and so for me and i had what i didn't know is i had had something underlying going on for a long time i had hashimotos Mm -hmm. which I did not know about. And I actually wasn't diagnosed with it until I got done with doing bodybuilding shows. Uh, a doctor finally caught it. Um, and I literally would catch myself thinking throughout my life. I was like, does this how people are supposed to feel? Because I remember like I'd be in track and field in high school. They tested me for all these things, right? Mono, you name it. They're like, maybe you have mono. No, you don't. Um, I remember that all of the other kids in sports would seem to get conditioned, right? They would get in, in shape. Their times in track and field would get, you know, faster and faster. I would be doing the same thing. I'd be trying just as hard and I still just sucked, you know? And it was like, <laughs> I remember always thinking like, what is going on with this? Why can I not get in good shape, right? Why do I feel awful all the time? I probably was in good shape, right? But I just felt terrible. And 
even after we, so after we got really, really healthy and we, I obviously lost a ton of weight. I was like, I feel great. I gotta, I remember looking in the mirror though and being like, Whoa, I am like so skinny. Right. <laughs> I hadn't been like lifting weights or doing anything like that. So I had this like heart to heart with myself. I was like, if you want to look the way you want to look, you're probably going to have to start lifting some weights, right? <laughs> start moving, start working out. Uh, and no, there's no magic pill. I had learned far in the past that there was no magic pill, no diet. You couldn't do special K or slim fast or beach body. It wasn't going to get you there. Uh, I had learned that the hard way and wasted lots and lots of money in the past with that stuff. And so I literally was like, okay, what do I have time for? What can I make a priority in my life? And literally, I was I was listening to at the time I was like reading lots of Jocko Willink and stuff. And he's like 4am, make it work, you know, all the things. <laughs> right. right. And I was like, I'm gonna make this work. I'm gonna set my alarm for like 330 in the morning because I had to I had a job that started at 7am. And then I had to get my kids ready. I also didn't want my fitness to get in the way of doing my mom things, you know? So yeah. I was like, okay, I'm just going to wake up super early before anybody's awake. And I'm going to start with the most basic program that I know I can get done every day. And in my case, that was, I did like three sets of squats of like 10 to 15 squats, three sets of 10 to 15 push-ups, three sets of 10 to 15 sit-ups and maybe some lunges or something, right? Just body weight stuff. And after doing that for like two or three weeks, I started noticing my, I could feel my muscle in my leg was like getting harder. And I was like, I, my husband probably got annoyed. I was like, Hey, touch my muscle. Look at this. I got a muscle there. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, And, and I mean, one thing led to another and I had these, I went and bought some kettlebells and some dumbbells and I started having this little three 30 in the morning routine up in my bedroom before I get moving in the morning that I would just go through. And it took me probably like a half an hour got to where it would start taking me 45 minutes. Pretty soon I'm on Craigslist and I'm like, okay, well I need some workout equipment here clearly. So I'm on Craigslist and I buy that really crummy, like wider pro uh, bench press, you know, <laughs> with the leg extension yeah. attachment on it. <laughs> yeah. And I clean out my whole office and I got this leg extension slash bench press. And next thing you know, I'm doing body part splits, right? I'm getting into this and uh, I'm working out like an hour a day in the morning, like five days a week, sometimes six days a week. Well, I start getting super jacked. <laughs> like, and everybody's noticing. They're like, what are you doing? Like, first you lost all this weight. Now you've got tons of muscle. Like, what's happening here? What's the secret? I'm like, I wake up at 3.30 in the morning and I eat really good food, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and anyway, that leads into, I mean, backstory. I always had this super obsession with bodybuilding from a young age because of freaking Arnold and the Terminator. It's all his fault. Uh, <laughs> people always laugh when I say that, but it's, it's the truth. Uh, anyway, so long story short, I was told my husband, I was like, I think I want to do a bodybuilding show, you know, and, and this was before it was starting to get cool on social media. Right. Uh, and he was like, are you serious? Like, get on stage and like the tiny bikini. And I was like, yeah, I think I could do it. Right. So next thing you know, I got a gym membership and I'm trying to step on stage and I ended up hiring a coach like six or eight weeks out from a bodybuilding show. And oh, wow. yeah, yeah. And stepping on stage and like totally kicking butt. And then I was like hooked. Right. So that's where I said, I kind of had to repair my health twice because it got to where I was like obsessed with bodybuilding, which is not healthy either. I took it from 
this nice place of, of health and fitness to this not nice place where you're grinding all the time and, you know, you're diet over dieted. Um, and so I did a couple seasons of bodybuilding shows did really, really well. And come the last season, my body just wasn't responding to anything. I was super sick. I felt awful. Uh, you know, slowly the, the stuff I was dealing with back in high school that I mentioned started to come back. Right. And I didn't know what to do because no doctor would ever listen to me. And so finally I found this functional medicine doctor and she actually ran all the right labs for the first time in my life, found out I had Hashimoto's. Mm -hmm. So that was a whole new journey starting after the bodybuilding shows to repair my metabolism, which I knew the whole time I was doing these shows, don't get me wrong, that I was doing things the wrong way. <laughs> uh, I knew it. I had a coach, though. I was trying to be mindful and listen to my coach um, because you don't hire somebody to just do it your own way anyway, right? right. And she, she was quite convincing because there was many times I remember where I'd stop in my preps and I would be like, you know, this is not right. I've got to end it, you know? And I would tell her how I felt about things. And she was like a used car salesman. She was like, girl, she's like, I know what I'm doing. I know that this is a compromised time for you. But once we get done with this next show, we're going to reverse diet you. We're going to get your metabolism right. We're going to do all these things. She said all these magic words. It was like, okay, I'll just keep going. Well, she basically, I, she didn't yeah, know that I had underlying factors going on. So we pushed it to the limits and my body was not happy about that. So it took me about three years to get my health back under control after doing multiple seasons of bodybuilding. Well, and I, I will say, I think long-term when you are, it stresses your body out to do bodybuilding long-term, you know, for that many seasons, if you're trying to stay lean that long, mm -hmm. it's just, it's really tough on your body. And I think the good, the good bodybuilders that aren't looking to go pro, they mm -hmm. know that. So, you know, they'll do one show and then they'll take like three years off. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, it it is most certainly a stressor. And at this point I had taken it way too far. I was exercising way too much. And if you think about it, stress is stress. I mean, at, and at the time I had a terribly stressful job, a horrible, horrible, stressful job. I had stress in my life going on. I had all of this fitness, like we're talking hours of cardio and lifting up to three hours a day of cardio and lifting sometimes. Um, eating in a huge deficit. All these things are really awful for your health, right? Not to mention you start stacking all of these fat burners and all of these things to try to stay lean, right? And it was just this terrible spiral, not only physically, but mentally too, because when you get into a sport where you are having to critique your body and you're having to be like, okay, I got to fix this. All of a sudden it becomes when you look in the mirror, I've got to fix this. I've got to fix that. I got to bring this up. There's not ever this like good point. And so my emotional state also got kind of awful too. I mean, I was about a, probably a zero or a double zero size in pants. Um, and I remember specifically looking in those check-in photos with my coach and being like, I look so fat. I remember that. And I was like a zero or a double zero. <laughs> and it was really, really crazy because like two years later, I get these shorts out. I'm cleaning out all my stuff. I was like, I'm never going back to that size ever again. I'm cleaning out all my stuff and I get these shorts out and they were like, I don't even know what fit into those. Like how in the heck did I even fit into those? And that was a real eye opener that holy cow, like 
I was not only like physically sick, I was mentally sick at that point. And we all think we get, we're going to get, I mean, it's women, especially men too, but they think if they get to a certain size, they'll be happy, but they're not, they're wrong. (laughs) Yeah. There's a, there's a term for that. I've lost it. I know my brother Shane has talked about it because men bodybuilders deal with it too. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, you know, it's like a body image syndrome thing where, Mm -hmm. you know, a bodybuilder looks totally great and they look at themselves in the mirror and they, look like crap mm-hmm. yeah and, and it, it's yeah. bad so yeah. it's, it's 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 real for sure yeah absolutely so, can, so in your weight loss journey to help you know to help our listeners and viewers because a lot of us do struggle with that so you started out at 197 before you started build, bodybuilding you were down when you changed your diet you got down to 147 ish yeah i was down even lower than that i think before i started it, over six months, I lost 50 pounds, but I lost within a year. Pro- I was down to 119 pounds, probably. Oh, wow. So you lost yeah. um, 80 pounds. Then. Yeah. And then when you were bodybuilding. Was, sorry, I'll put it in perspective okay, for you. I was a yeah, size please. 14 in jeans. And when I got done, when I, before I started bodybuilding, I was like a size four or five in jeans. So that's and, the sizes I lost. And how tall are you? Five foot two. Okay. And so, and then when you started, when you said you looked too skinny and you, then you started lifting weights, did you start gaining weight? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I did. Okay. Um, I ended up at when I, my first season of bodybuilding, like actually bodybuilding, bodybuilding, I stepped on stage at about 114 pounds. So I didn't lose a ton. Right. Um, but then in the off season, when I got to like a normal, healthier, I was still pretty dang lean, but a healthier weight, I was about 128 pounds. So, okay. yeah. and I mean, so I totally definitely recomped my body a lot. Um, and I mean, now I, I, I'm powerlifting now and I'm intentionally gaining weight. So I'm about a hundred and almost 160 right now, but I, I, I look great. So it's well, that's, that's kind of where I was going with this is that. You know, I know we hear it, and I know women hear it especially, and even me as a as a male, I I still obsess over the scale mm-hmm. instead of just looking at how I feel and look at how I look and you know my lean body mass and all that. But um, you know, so that's where I was going with this. It's like so you've been all over the spectrum. You're one sixty now, and mm-hmm. you're five foot three or five foot four. Yeah, but you look incredible. So you know, it's more than just a scale. That's kind of what I wanted to talk about. Yeah, well, for sure. And if people want to see a little bit of an evolution, I actually have an Instagram reel somewhere on my Instagram. It's not too awful far back. Um, It compares all my body sizes and pictures and then puts the weights on there, which is kind of interesting to look at. So I just wanted to take a quick moment to show you some pictures of my current body because I've gone through a lot of different body compositions and I don't want anyone to have an unrealistic idea of what it looks like to be healthy and fit. So number one and number two, those were when I first started doing shows and I was still relatively healthy. I can't say that stage lean is healthy, but the shit hadn't hit the fan yet. Three and four, I look okay. Those were my next set of shows. I might look okay, but the shit had hit the fan. I felt awful. Five is severe metabolic adaptation, Hashimoto's, gut issues, and major adrenal issues. Six is me. I have ironed everything out. I am powerlifting. It is a powerlifting body. I am fit. My labs are perfect. I am healthy and I feel like a million bucks. So the moral of this story here is don't think, 
by appearance that somebody is healthy because they may not be. It's funny when I first got diagnosed with Hashimoto's and got done with bodybuilding shows, I had this major metabolic crash and I gained like tons of weight, like right away all of a sudden. And I ended up at a hundred and almost 160 pounds then. And I looked awful, like awful right now. I'm almost 160 pounds and I look totally different. Like right. I, I still have a six pack, you know, like, so yeah. it's really crazy. And I do this with my clients frequently as we start to recomposition their body, because you can do that. You start adding muscle, muscle is weight. You can change the way you totally look without the scale necessarily moving. Well, or the scale might even move up, but it's hard yeah. for some of us to realize that. Yeah. And and we talk about ideal body weight. I'm guilty of it, you know, talking about ideal body weight. But really what it is is ideal body composition. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because like you say, like we're talking about with bodybuilders, you know, most bodybuilders, and help me, help me if I'm wrong, or correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, most male bodybuilders, when they step on stage, they have like 1% or 2% body fat. I mean, if they're at the you know, professional level. Mm-hmm. So now I wouldn't say that's ideal body composition, but, no. but, but most of those guys are 40, 50, 60, 70 pounds over ideal body weight, yeah. you know, um, yep. depending on their class. So it's more than just ideal. It's more than just weight. It's, it's composition, but we all struggle with that. I mean, you know, I'm guilty of it also. So um, well, we, and, we, need, and then- we look at all the tools. Yeah, to add to that, what is ideal body composition? We have this idea in our head of what what looks good and what's healthy, but for most people, I would I would wager even in the high 95 or 95 plus percent of people that think this ideal body composition is actually not something that's even ideal. I mean, we have this idea of like for me, when I first started my fitness journey, my idea of ideal body composition was looking like like Pam Anderson and freaking Bay- Baywatch running across the freaking yeah. beach, you know? Like, we think that that's what healthy and fit is. And then social media puts this persona on, right, where we all see what healthy and fit is. We think that if you're healthy and fit, you don't have cellulite. Or if you're healthy and fit, you don't have big legs. You're skinny, right? Or And, and, and that's just not the case. Like, we all have a different shape to our body, right? right? right. We're not all sticks, no matter like me, no matter how much you starve me, I ain't a stick. I can tell you that already. Um, You know, there's lots of people, their shape is not what they think in their head. It should even be. And it's something that is impossible to actually change. And I know plenty of people that look amazing. They feel amazing. They're healthy. But if they were to walk into Hollywood, Hollywood would be like, Oh, you're overweight what is ideal body composition? And that's what needs to change because there's a big difference between ideal body composition, ideal body fat, ideal weight, or just what's healthy and ideal. Right. Right. And, and that's, that's why I want to talk about it because we, we get so hung up on even ideal body composition, ideal body weight, whatever, but everybody is so different. So, you know, we have to treat ourselves as individuals and that's why it's important to, you know, have a personal trainer or a health and fitness coach like yourself. So, you know, you can tell somebody what's realistic and what's, and what really is the healthiest for them. Cause you know, for some people, for most people, you know, um, being, you know, on stage at a bodybuilding show is not going to be healthy and it's not their goal or, or their end game anyway. Mm-mm. So, um, you know, it's important to get a coach and, mm-hmm. and coach you through those things. So how do you do that? 
Connie, tell us how you do that with your clients. Um, well, so actually we have a lot of options with my people. Um, we actually even have group meetings together where people can chat and they see they're all kind of on the same journey and they see the changes that are happening and like, like they're able to communicate with each other, which is really awesome. But I also have to have little pep talks with my clients on a regular basis. We do a lot of photos as well, rather than taking like weights and body stats and things like that. We're looking for things like, okay, we took these photos, look at how much inflammation is gone. Look at how much smaller your waist is. Look at what your back has done. And a prime example of this is I actually have a transformation photo somewhere. I'd have to find it, but I had this husband and wife team that came to me and they wanted to lose some weight. And I set them up with some healthy food choices. They were very poor eaters. They ate terribly. Set them up with some healthy food choices. Got taught them how to start tracking their macros and things. So they could have a little flexibility, but also understand what is in their food. Like what has protein in it? What has carbs in it? What has fat in it? Anyway, husband loses like 40 pounds. Like like so fast, right? And wife is getting really pissed off because <laughs> her husband is losing all this weight and she's like, I haven't even lost 10 pounds and she's so mad, right? Well, at the end, it was like, he lost crazy amounts of weight. I think his eating habits were awful, to be honest, because most people, if they lose that much weight, they're, you don't want to force people to lose weight that fast, right? So I yeah. think in the course of like eight or 12 weeks, um, she only lost 10 pounds but in her progress photos, the transformation was insane. Like, especially in the back, like her back when she started had like lots of obvious rolls and things in it. And when she got done, there was not a single roll on her back at all. None. And I was like, do you see what's going on right here? Right. Like, this is, this is crazy. The changes that you've made. And she, that at that point, she all of a sudden understood, okay, it's not just about what the scale says. I was making progress the whole time, but I didn't know it because I wasn't looking at other tangible factors. And, and here's the thing. If you do decide to take photos of yourself, you're probably not going to see the difference either. That's where you need a coach or somebody that has an objective eye yes, and can take yes. a look at it and be like, okay, this is where I see changes and point it out to you. Because a lot of the time I'll show my clients the changes they made and, and then they see it. But then if they had looked at that photo themselves, they wouldn't have seen it because that's kind of part of the body dysmorphia thing, right? Well, exactly. And you look at yourself every day, so you don't think it's changing. So you need to have somebody with an objective, you know, opinion, just like you said. What I would like, um, Connie, is I would like you to share those photos with me with that husband and wife team, if you don't mind. Yeah. And we will put them on our edited podcast of this episode so we can yeah. um, put them in the episode so people can see it. I'd also like to see the reels of your transformation because we'll put a link in the podcast to that also um, okay. because yeah. that's, that sounds super cool because of all the, you know, you, you went from 197 to 118 to 160. <laughs> and I mean, that's, in, you know, but you still, you know, like you just said, you still have a six pack. So, you know, women especially need to understand that, you know, the scale doesn't mean as much as 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 we um, put emphasis on it. So there's just mm -hmm. so many other other factors. And speaking of transformation, you know, you were talking about their back and back rolls and stuff like this. But you know, as you know, I mean, if you see somebody that's changed their diet and they're getting healthy, and and they may or may not be losing weight, mm -hmm. you know, by looking at so many people now. I mean, even their face pictures, you know, before and after, you know, 
you look at their faces like, oh yeah, I mean, I can tell you were inflamed. I can tell you're eating like crap. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you can just you can just see it in people now, right? You can see mm-hmm. when you look at somebody, it's like even if you don't see their body, you see their face. It's like, mm, yeah, they're not healthy. I mean, yeah. you don't need any fancy tests to show that. I mean, it's just like, nah, yeah, they're not healthy, right? No, I. It's so funny. My <laughs> eye actually now has become so sensitive to seeing inflammation or puffiness, you know, that sub Q type water that hangs out (laughs) on people. Like I can just see it. And I, you know, I can see it the next day. Like, um, if somebody goes out to eat, I'm like, Hey, what'd you eat yesterday? You know, like I, I, I'm so sensitive to it. I've become so sensitive to a lot of things. Like, I mean, I pretty much when females describe their menstrual cycle to me nowadays, and then we run labs on them, I pretty much, can tell if they're I knew before that I ever even saw those labs that maybe they're low on progesterone or like in my head is just it's gotten crazy how sensitive I've gotten to all these little factors that are involved in people's health journeys honestly yeah so um tell us a little bit about your website and how people sign up for your services Um, Well, so I have a lot of options. My thing was, is back when I very first started, I could not afford to get a coach or somebody to help me. And I understand that people have financial limitations. So I wanted to make some things that were available to everyone. So like if you see that online programs tab at the top there, I have a ton of like pre-made fitness programs for people that they can do to kind of start their health journey anywhere from very, very beginner to just starting new habits. Like there's habits challenges in there, things that are affordable for everyone. Because I think the big thing that I see with people when they want to start getting in shape or they want to start making changes is they do all these crazy things at one time, right? And and then they get overwhelmed and they're like, I can't wait for this to be done. And so the nice thing about those is they are a roadmap. They get you linked into my app. Literally, it says things to do today. Like maybe it's a challenge that you did. You want to remove gluten for a month and see how you feel. Like yeah. that's in one of the challenges. So, uh, you know, sleep, getting quality sleep, removing alcohol. Like there's a lot of different challenges and stuff in there. There's one that starts similar to the way my journey started, which is just doing body weight squats and some sit-ups. And it's just a morning routine every morning, right? Uh, There's a lot of different availability there, but what it gives you is a roadmap because you see so many people they get a gym membership, they jump in the gym, they work out really hard and test out all the machines for a couple of weeks, but then they don't really know what's going on and they just kind of get burned out and they don't have a direction or anybody telling them what to do. So the nice thing about a lot of those is that people can actually go on, follow them and they are a roadmap. And then guess what? You finish one eight week block, you can start another that's a little more advanced and it's going to keep you growing. So Uh, that's an availability. I do custom coaching, which is amazing. I have an amazing community of clients, um, where I can keep an eye on you and we can chit chat back and forth and I can give you those pep talks you need. So, uh, I also do that. So it's all health, fitness, nutrition. I look at biofeedback, lab work, all the things, because we want to be optimized in every way. And we can't really, it's so much easier to work with someone after looking at their lab work, (laughs) believe it or not. Uh, so much easier to get them in the direction that they need to go when you really know what's going on. So uh, I incorporate all of that into my custom coaching. I'm also available on consultation only basis as well. So what do you have a passion for, Connie? Uh, I think helping everybody understand that they can actually make changes in their life without going to extremes, right? You don't need to go buy the biggest, fanciest, 
fitness program. I won't name names. There's a couple big ones out there that basically cost a lot of money and starve you and keep you locked into their programs. I think making small changes, helping people understand that small changes go a long way if you can do them consistently. Well, and I think that's a great reminder. And, and some people want to make it too complicated because they see these big fancy programs or whatever out there. But the reality is, just like you said, just like you started, just start doing bodyweight squats and lunges and push-ups. Mm-hmm. And that's better than doing nothing. And then you can progress from there. Mm-hmm. You don't need any fancy gym memberships. You don't need to pay any money for that. Those are just simple things. And mm-hmm. as you progress, as you progress, you know, you might need a coach like yourself to um, hold you accountable and to, you know, get into more of the details and to motivate you and show you the progress that you're making. So mm-hmm. absolutely. And that's the thing, right? I probably could have done my little morning routine that I was doing forever stacked on top of my quality nutrition and been healthy as a horse been great never never revisited the bodybuilding or having to work on my metabolism none of that i would have been at the peak of my physical mental emotional health right over doing something so small and easy right and do does it start out easy no it never starts out easy right i mean i'm not gonna lie those first couple weeks of getting into moving my body like that i was sore my legs were tired i was trying to get through those sets of squats and i was like this sucks you know (laughs) like there's no i may have said some choice words while i was doing it but it got easier and easier and now look i look back on that and i'm like man that's a piece of cake i could easily do that again you know and and it you we'll look back on that hard and it won't be hard anymore. And that's what you need to know is that you can start small. It's the little things that are going to get you there. If you can do them consistently. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Connie, I appreciate you being on our show today. You've really helped realize our goal of educating and empowering consumers to take charge of their own health. So I appreciate it. Stay on the line because I want to chat with you uh, after the show. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. And stay tuned for our upcoming podcast on Monday, 1232-130. We will have Dr. Jared Wallen on our podcast, and he is going to be talking about um, navigating the traditional healthcare system without health insurance. This is a very big topic right now. And as you guys know, I've talked about it many times before, but you might be surprised at the answer because health insurance isn't always what you think it is. And navigating the, the traditional system without health insurance can actually save you money, believe it or not. So you don't want to miss out on that. Jared, Dr. Jared Wallen, um, 12.30 to 1.30 Pacific Standard Time um, on my personal Facebook page and the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy YouTube site. And we are streaming live on Twitter and LinkedIn now. So um, follow us there and stay tuned. Um, You don't want to miss out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. 